Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. People of Earth. You are about to listen to an improv comedy podcast set in a magical world. Except, of course, we know none of it is real and there are no such things as alternate dimensions. Take it from me, a mysterious authoritative voice. Now that this introduction has been properly encumbered, I'll patch through this obviously fake transmission. Swing open the oak door, lean closer in the flickering glow of torchlight, and enjoy the show. Hello from the Magic Tavern, a weekly podcast from the magical land of Foon. <clears throat> Mr. Neekamp, would you mind restarting that and making it a little bit more regal? John, why are you interrupting my intro? Because if we're going to talk about Pride and Prejudice, we should put on airs. Is an heir someone who inherits something or something you put on? You know what? I gotta be honest. It's an expression that I've heard my entire life, but I guess I never really thought about it. I, or like you're gonna fuck up errors to put on, put on errors. errors. Um, two errors is too human. <laughs> two errors. We don't need to go down this road again. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, re- restart it. I just I thought to add a little bit of class to it. No, no, Chun. I get that. I appreciate that you seem to be really into the book, so you want to like class it up from the beginning. I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I will try to sophisticated up for and, our book club. And when you introduce me, call me Mr. Chuck. Mr. Chuck. Okay. All right. Hello from the Magic Tavern, a weekly podcast from the magical land of Foon. I'm your host, Arnie Niekamp. If Mr. Niekamp. Mm, yes, Mr. Chuck. I'm your host, Mr. Niekamp. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm your host, Mr. Niekamp. If you've never listened to the podcast before, this is everything you need to know. About three and three quarters years ago, I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King, which Mr. is Mr. King. Uh, behind a Mr. King into the magical, fantastical land of Foon. Thankfully, I'm still getting a Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King through the Dimensional Rift, and I use that to upload a podcast I record every week here in the tavern, Mr. Minotaur, in the town of Hogsface, in the land of Foon. And I'm joined, as always, 
by my co-host, my buddies, and today, the co-members of our book club, uh, Mr. Chunt, the Talking Badger. Mr. Chunt's up with that. Uh, how uh, how does the day please you, Mr. It, Chunt? It it doth. It doth. It okay. doth please me. All right, great. How doth the day please you? And for new listeners, we don't normally talk we're, like Oh, this, this we're, we're just we're putting just on like errors. We're just like lower class yeah. workers. Yeah. We're just like working people. Although mm. actually we, if you listen to the podcast, you know, we almost never do any kind of work. But still, like we're like, yeah. like workers. Yeah, like lazy people. Yeah. But, oh, our other co-host does kind of talk like this all the time. Uh, Mr. Usador, the wizard. Should I just call you Mr. Wizard? Oh, I would love that. Would you call me Mr. Wizard from okay, now on? Mr. Whoa, wizard. whoa, look, he's got a little tornado next to him. How'd you do that? <laughs> just with magic. Of Sorry. course I did that with magic, for I am Usador, wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius, master of light and shadow, manipulator of magical lights, devourer of chaos. Champion of the great halls of Tarakas. The elves know me as Fiang Yalak. The dwarves know me as Zodin and Hoogstanges. And I am known in the Northeast as Gasmwinius Maystar. And of course, I am known to the squirrel people of Dagadoom as Mr. Ferris. Oh, Mr. Ferris. Yes. If I did not know better, I would have uh, assumed that a spaghetti was somewhere in your name. No, Mr. Kneekamp, you are incorrect to say such a thing. When you interrupt my name with your bastardizations of my name, I become quite vexed. Mr. Wizard, to use such a word in my presence does grieve me terribly. Bastardization? No. Spaghetti. Uh, Wait, who said spaghetti? Uh, who Mr. said Neekamp spaghetti? Said Mr. Neekamp. I think you're mistaken. I'm unable to dissemble how much it upsets me. Guys, can we take a quick time out from yeah. being all fancy? Mm-hmm. I'm just, did you guys like the book? Did you have a hard time following it? Because, you know, it's an Earth book, and you guys don't know that much about Earth stuff. Here's what, having read, um, what was the first book we read? The Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby. Having read The Great Gatsby, and now this, I've realized a lot about Earth, which is, if you're rich, you can be fucking terrible. Yeah. And you get whatever you want. That's kind of the secret message of a lot of Earth literature. I have one major complaint. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't find one single spell in this entire book. There, There's no magic spells. Then why the, the hell am I reading it? To, to understand more about the human condition. Well, I'm going to try to read some of these words aloud and see if they do anything. They become spells. I will say, while he's going to read some of the spells, I will say I was pleased as a shapeshifter that there was four daughters and a kitty. And who is there, whatever might be their former conduct? It's more of a sentence than a word. It's I like very, the, It's very frustrating. I like I'm the, using my spell cadence and everything. I no. know. I was going to say, I like how it's almost... You read it in such a way as if you're, like, leaning into the wind, as if you expect... Yes, Mr. Wi- Mr. Wizard, you're all pent up with your energy. You need to let it go, let it flow through you. Well, look, I just spin my finger over my, uh, uh, my tank of water, and I make a little tornado, and I read this whole damn book, and not a single thing happens that's magical. But you learned a lot about the social mores of the time. Well, that's very true. I did learn a lot, and I was very uh, impressed by uh, Lizzie. Uh, I thought she was a wonderful... Uh, uh, lead character, and I enjoyed her quite a bit. I liked that she took no guff. <laughs> I was impressed that nobody killed Mary. She sucked. Now, sometimes not everyone is the best singer, and that's not their fault. <laughs> well, if you're a terrible singer, and you know it, and you still proceed to torment, I'm sorry, and you still proceed to torment the room, then 
You should be putting a second round. Is that how it happened in Foon? Like if well, he's a badger. You're talking badger culture here. He's badger uh, culture. If you're bad at something and you still do it in a way that is like you're you're showing off, then I see. Put you in a bag and drown. So uh, of your whole litter of badger babies, like uh, if one of them is untalented, it's something part of the arts. You just like drown them. No, no, no. Only if it um, knows that it's bad and then still proceeds to do it in front of a large group of people. Oh, I see. Should we introduce some of the uh, some more members of the of the book club? The oh, other, yeah, you know what, guys, I'm so excited. Uh, I sent a book all the way up to Fingaria, and I'm so excited to be joined by our old friend Crom the Fingaria. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, who? King Crom. Sorry, who? Mister King Crom. You should it be Mister King or you can call me Mister the Fingaria. Mister the Fingarian. Your Majesty. Your Majesty, Mister Fing, Mister the Fingarian. Hey guys, how's it going? Before we get started, I just wanted to show you. You've probably been wondering what's in this bag. I brought my uh, my own personal recipes. Badger? Oh, not dr- a drowned badger. These are butternut crumbles. Oh, did you say crumbles? Yes, butternut crumbles. I'm so oh. excited! You're just a big giant warrior, and I was worried that in that bag was going to be like. Heads of people you decapitated, or something. Oh. I do use this as my head bag as oh, well, but there's yeah. no heads in it, so I just no, but you can taste the left, you can taste the leftover head though. Yeah, uh, some oh. saltiness that is delicious. Mm, I'm glad you picked up on that. Mm. Would anyone else like a, a cream filled pastry? I, I call them goat horns. Mm. Isn't that cute? Arnie made fun of them, so he can't have one. So, Crom, how has it been being the warrior king of Fingaria? You know, I thought there would be a lot more responsibility, but uh, I'm pretty bored all the time, so... Mostly posing nude on thrones? Well, privately. Uh, also, you, you, you're you covered in blood right now. Yes. I got in a bit of an argument with a flock of birds. Oh, oh, oh dear. Oh, no. oh, oh. Yes. What did you say to those birds? I said, excuse me, I'm trying to walk to this tavern, but they were all shuffling around in the ground, not getting out of my way. And, uh, right, said, birds. excuse me, I said it a second time. They were just milling around on the ground. Could have walked right around them. And then everything went red. And, uh, then <laughs> with, I'm here. With their blood or with rage? Uh, I think it was one of my rage episodes. Arnie, you gotta, you gotta stomp. Pretty hard on a bird to get blood up by your neck. Look at that I don't know. Also, <laughs> well, that's a lot of blood. So that's a lot of birds. We're also assuming this is all the bird blood and none of this oh, crumbs blood. It start. Oh, oh! I thought you were suggesting it started with birds, but in that berserker rage, you could have killed any number of other things. Another possibility is most certainly part of this is probably days old blood as well. Oh, I see. You know, it, it all mixes. Yeah, sure. When's the last time you took a bath? Uh, in water? Hey, I'm going to change the subject expertly. Crom, um, good, thank good you job for announcing it. doing the book club. I have to say, when I sent you the book, I realized after I sent it, I didn't know if you could read or not. I had read. one of uh, my servants read it aloud to me. Oh, that's very nice. I can read and write, but it's in my own uh, language of small drawings. Oh. His crumb is read to us from his dream journal. Oh, that's right. Yes, but that was not uh, written language. It's just small, tiny pictures that remind me of the thoughts I had when I wrote them down. Would you read a little section of your dream journal for us tonight? Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, okay. Such a well-kept, tiny book. Small little bird. 
river, waves, two trees, and running man. <laughs> so have you have you changed? Have you shifted your attention away from bears and onto birds? I don't want to get into this topic again, but let's just say bears are still in the picture. Oh, I see. Fine. Well, I'm excited to talk about Pride and Prejudice with you, and I'm excited that you experienced the book in the way that I imagine Jane Austen intended, by having a servant read it to you. Yes, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And actually, uh, Mr. Wizard, I thought there was a spell in the book. What? Where? Uh, Mr. Bennett's house has a, an entailment spell. Doesn't it have a... a must have a tail. There was a tail put on Mr. Bennett. Oh, I think that's a law and not a spell. Well, yeah. While we have two more ears here right now, or four more ears, I guess, do you two know what to put on airs means? Uh, is that just another way of saying to toot? Oh, uh, very I see. Fingeria, yeah. it's very complimentary if after a meal to let out a law. <laughs> To put on airs. To put, or to an, put out airs. I guess to put, yeah, to put out airs. Or... Miss hmm. Bennett's lovely face confirmed his views. Nothing. Oh, and oh, our next uh, book club attendee is here. A flower, the talking flower. Yeah, Ms. it's super cool to sit here and listen to you guys fuck around for a while. You know, especially to talk about what we're going to talk about in front of us. We're just sitting here a bunch of assholes. Also, I will say... I was there watching Crumb beat the shit out of those birds. And part of the reason that he's covered in so much blood that he may not have realized is he was picking up other people to kill the birds. Uh, he was, he was using picking them up as a people, tool. smashing the fire. I sitting there straight up eating popcorn, living my fucking life, loving every fucking minute of it. Ms. Flower, such a mouth on you. Well, they're old friends, so she can say that. Yeah, sort of me and Crom been through some shit. We we stopped going to rage management classes together, but you know. Yeah, I've been meaning to get back. If you're ever interested in trying to like quit the rage again. No, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm feeding into the rage, and part of this book enraged me so much with the entailment. It's about dudes. It's fuck the ladies. It's like get a guy in here to handle it. That is messed up. That is messed up. I don't like it one bit. Nope. Yeah, I guess we should maybe jump a little bit into the plot of Pride and Prejudice. It's about the the Bennett family. Uh, uh, but before we do that, we have one more guest. Oh, who who else? I thought I, I invited one, well, two, three, of course, four, four, Miss uh, Miss Crust to join us this evening. Oh, hello, hello, oh. uh, Germ. I'm sorry. Hello, Miss Crust. You can Crust. call me Lady Crust. Ooh. Oh, Lady, Lady Crust. Crust. That is Just also part. a new line of um, my make. Mm. Oh, that's right. Lady you're a, ma- you're a makeup artist. It's for younger ladies. Ooh, such a catchy name. <laughs> yeah. What what woman wouldn't want to wake up with a little bit of Lady Crust? That is our slogan, Shant. Oh, and congratulations on the nuptials. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, if, uh, I don't know if you got my uh, invitation. I did. But, oh, good, good, good. And you have a plus one, so... Uh, uh, I'm so tickled. <laughs> Uh, Crom and Flower, uh, sorry, uh, Mr. The Fungarian and uh, uh, Ms. Flower, okay. Yeah. Uh, you're also invited to the wedding. I don't know, I didn't know where to send um, your invitations, but you're also invited. Oh, okay, great. But you don't get plus ones. Uh, now, I will be officiating the wedding, of course, <laughs> but um, I hope, uh, Miss Crust, that you will... Uh, lady Crust. Uh, lady Crust. Use the door. <laughs> pardon me. Pardon <laughs> my impertinence. 
I, I Oof, really got off on the wrong foot there. I do no, hope, Lady Crust, that you will deign to save one dance for me. Oh, I'll save two. Oh, wonderful. Ooh. Yes. That's important. <laughs> In the book. Very good. <laughs> no, this is great. Hey, why doesn't everybody maybe uh, pour themselves some drinks? Maybe grab a little plate of appetizers and we can start really digging into the book. Uh, Usador, could I, could I talk to you for just one second before we really dig into Pride and Prejudice? Sure, of course, yes. Sure. Usador. Do you want to step over here? Yeah, let's step over here, but bring your microphone with you. Okay. Usador, why did you invite Germ? Hold on, I have to get my microphone. Usador, I told you to bring your microphone I with you. I forgot the first time. Why did you invite Kerm to the book club? I mean, I think she's great, but I feel like you had an ulterior motive. Wow. Wow, how dare you? Usador, you know very well that when we looked into that alternative what-if timeline, that you fell in love with Kerm Crust. The alternate version of me fell in love with her, and I couldn't help but feeling what he felt, yes, to a certain degree, but uh, I admit my feelings are conflicted. So I wanted to see her again, and... See if there was any spark there. But Usador, she doesn't know any of the things that happened in that timeline. That germ that you fell in love with isn't this germ. You're right, of course. I, uh, well, well, I still respect her and I uh, care for her a great deal. And I think we shall all have a pleasant evening together uh, if we choose to do so. If we are kind to one another and listen to what each other have to say. And perhaps we'll even play a game of cards later on in the parlor. Don't be a Jane. Don't be a Mary. Oh, God damn it. Did someone say Mary? Did someone say Mary? No, no. There's something about Mary. (laughs) We shitting on Mary? I went in. All right. Okay. Oh, guys, uh, thank you so much for coming to the book club. Mm. Uh, I guess should we, I mean, I guess maybe we should talk very briefly about like what the plot is. There's not a whole lot going on in the story. Can I say before we start that when I got my copy, it was a little mussed up. And mine said ride and prejudice. I thought it was going to be a lot sexier than what it was. Oh. You know, not a lot of sex in this book. Nope, nothing. I was thinking the exact same thing. I really did think there was going to be more sex. Yeah, I guess, are the books in Foon, do they have a lot more sex in them? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even, yes. Even the kids' books. All even the, the spell books. Especially. They're mostly Cook illustrated books. as well. Yeah. Oh, really? A lot of cookbooks have sex. <laughs> Surprisingly, the only thing that doesn't is our erotica. Our erotica is very banal. Oh, yeah. True. It's the deprivation that really turns people on. Well, some people are just into banal set. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Thought I could pronounce that. Make it work. Couldn't do it, but you know what? Gotta ease into it. Gotta ease into banal sex. <laughs> yep. Uh, Arnie... Is everyone on Earth in a mad scramble to get married? Is that is that well, commonplace? I mean, first of all, you have to remember that this book was written in a different time in my Wait, world. Wait, what? Yeah, like... Uh, you like, said there's no time travel on Earth. Like 3-4 instead of 4-4? Four, four? Exactly. Like a stanza? Speaking Look. of, there was a phrase in the book that I found very curious, because they use the term Fortnite a lot. Yeah. But here... In Foon, Fortnite is a game. Oh. Where people go into the woods mm-hmm. and sit in a fort for one night. Wow. And it's very popular among adults in Foon. Oh, really? So every time they reference that in the book, I was very confused until finally I realized it was a measure of time. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, different things mean different things. I always lose in Fortnite. I never make it the whole night. You don't make it the whole night? I, I always end up leaving the fort. You forget you're playing in, like, the middle of it? Yeah, I wonder, what am I doing here? <laughs> Wander off. And then realize, oh, and I, I then I lost. It. By the time I've yeah, yeah, got back yeah. to town, I've lost the game. Yeah, and you're like, I didn't save my game. I don't remember where my fort is. Now, Arnie, I have to take uh, some umbrage at what you have said. For uh, there's quite a bit of story happening here. Why there's a family in danger of losing their home for no other reason than, as Flower mentioned, that they are women. It is despicable Disgusting. and really foul. Yet. Uh, While this is happening, there's also many different love stories happening. And what's more wonderful than a love story? And two people who, uh, at the beginning of the book, barely even notice each other, and uh, one who's actually quite disdainful of the other, uh, fall rather deeply in love. Isn't that a nice story? Isn't that a nice story, uh, Lady Cross? Oh, well, I I do identify with... um Things changing in love, mm-hmm. um, temperatures rising. Yes, of course. I, yeah. I didn't quite understand why everyone was placing so much value on beauty. Because, as you know, I believe beauty is malleable. Mm-hmm. You can yes. make yourself look as beauteous as you as you wish at any moment. Just put on some lady crust and you're a whole new woman. Exactly. This is, I believe, an earth thing, and Arnold can clarify this, but... People like Arnold have trouble finding love because they don't take care of themselves. Whereas if they spend a lot of time being particularly attractive, it's easier on them. Is that right? Well, first of all, I, I take care of myself. Come you know, on. I you know sometimes I comb my hair and I Ooh. wear shirts that are loose Aren't enough to just... hide that I'm a little bit overweight. Sorry, sorry, um, I, and... I need to move away. You just yeah, Arnie just put out airs. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, you like the butternut crumbles. I do, I do. You oh, can barely taste good. the head. I gotta say, I really like how the word handsome is thrown around a lot. Is the, the ladies be handsome? And that one part, though, where um, Darcy says he's not going to dance with Lizzie because she's not as handsome as he thought she she might be that first time. I was like, that dude is bold. Yeah, was he nagging her? That was a straight-up nag. Well, you, didn't she tell us about nagging? Yes, because you know me. I am really into the art of wooing uh, women. Um... You know, I don't know if Mr. Darcy was negging her by intentionally being insulting to make her more interested in him. I think Mr. Darcy uh, is just generally kind of like not a wildly personable guy. I think he's just very set in his ways and he's quick to just not like people and he doesn't really care what they think of him. I get that. Yeah, Flower, you're kind of a total Mr. Darcy. Yeah, straight up. Like, if Flower, if you were, like, incredibly rich, you would be Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. But you are lacking one key element. You are not insanely rich. The ability to hold rich. down your job. Yes, exactly that. Uh, yes, Darcy is a complicated character in my mind, for ultimately he seems to be a good person. Certainly, when compared to Mr. Wickham, he is uh, far superior, but... Oh, Mr. Wickham. Oh, Mr. Wickham. Oh, Mr. Wickham. He's a real Mary. But uh, but at the beginning, he is so rude to people. And so he finds himself 
uh, to think he's better than everyone, and I can't stand that sort of thing. For as a wizard, one of the greatest wizards who's ever walked through the land of Foon, why, to raise yourself up and to speak of yourself in such a grandiose way, why, I find it disgusting. And I say that as one of the wizards of the twelfth realm of Ephesius. Well, Usador, you know, Mr. Darcy is a very dynamic character. He's he's the pride of the pride and prejudice. Like, he's very proud and set in his ways. Oh. And uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bennett, who uh, becomes his love interest, or actually he becomes her love interest, is very prejudiced against him from the beginning. And this is the story of a woman realizing she shouldn't be prejudiced against rich white men. Oh, my God. Now that you said all that, it makes so much sense. That's so sensible. Now I get the title. Is that yeah. a continuing problem on your world where rich white men are having trouble finding, you know, a, a fair shake? More and more. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I I also want to take umbrage with a certain uh, page of my book. Here, Arnold, will you turn to page uh, 65 of my copy and explain what you find there? Is this a magic, magic trick? trick? <laughs> oh, I hope he drew a dick. I hope 65. he drew a dick. What? You sort. You just wrote snub-nosed motorboat. I want to know what that means. I've never gotten a good explanation. I still want to know. Call back. Look, Usador, when we read The Great Gatsby, I know you just really latched onto the phrase snub-nosed motorboat. It was on, like, the first 20 pages, and then I couldn't get past it. What the hell is a snub-nosed motorboat? Look, Usador, you don't need to know what a snub-nosed motorboat is really to appreciate The Great Gatsby, and you definitely don't for Pride and Prejudice. This, this book, this story happens... A long time before The Great Gatsby, there are no snub-nosed motorboats. What? This is before the Industrial Revolution. They didn't make machines like that. There are no machines. Which brings me to what I want to talk about, Mr. Kneecamp, mm. Mr. Wizard, um, which is uh, something that we've all been skirting around. Uh, the zombies. The, the, what's this? The zombies that appear. The zombies Oh, that was my favorite part. Did no one else read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Yes. That was the book, right? Yes. Sorry, Ms. Germ read it. Lady Lady Crust. Crust. Lady Crust. Uh, Mine just says Pride and Prejudice. Why does mine say Pride and Prejudice and And Zombies? zombies. Oh, no. Mr. Chunt. Where where did you get your copy, Chunt? uh, I, I just found it. Where'd you get yours? Oh, I got it at a second-hand store. Oh, I th- I think you bought my copy. I I read mine and then sold it. Oh, so I'm holding your copy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, what what a connection we're making. This is quite a connection. If I if I weren't getting married. <laughs> Wait, well, huh. If there were another field, does that mean hell? That's a good question. I had the same question. Thank you. I I'm in hell that. right now. What is this book fucking about? Yes, it's Netherfield Hell. That, no, it's uh, just a it's part of hell. It's everybody's it's very an aspect of hell. Judgy. It's the field, yeah. Everybody's oh, yeah. very judgy in this book. Like every single person is judging everything. Yeah, but, but guys, yes, everyone in this book is judging everyone else. And the author on top of that is totally judging almost everyone in the book. Mm. But that's not a negative. That's a positive. Guys, don't yeah. we like that? No, I don't feel we like, like mm. super judgy, catty, ironic people. Kitty. No, I feel Her like you are Kitty. being a Jane. Ooh, you uh, well, hold on. I am not being a Jane. Jane uh, is probably the most boring of the Bennett sisters, if you ask me. She's very nice, and she's always trying so to. Positive. She's always trying to figure out like the good in everybody and bending over backwards to to be nice. 
But Elizabeth, the heroine, the protagonist of the book, like she's like ironic and smart and she sees all the shit that other people are up to. But no one, oh, go ahead. No one does anything about, they just write a letter. No, no, one, no one's taking any actions in this book. Whenever they're upset, it's like, oh, Mr. Wickham and Kitty uh, are loping. Oh, what are we going to do? Find where he is and cut him in half. Yes, why don't the Bennets get their swords and their shields and go to London and kill Mr. Wickham? I mean, that happened in my version, but oh, it was dude. replaced Mr. Wickham with zombies. Oh. Can I, can I say Mr. My- Wickham was replaced with zombies? Yeah, I mean, a lot of characters were. That might be in your head. In your head. Oh. Anybody want some cranberry sauce? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. But my favorite character um, is probably uh, the largest character, uh, which was Pemberley. That guy had it all. No, that's an estate. That's Mm -hmm. a... That's that's Mr. what I'm a saying. That's Mr. Darcy's house. They name houses and estates, right? Pemberley Manor, right? Why Is would it you Mr. Darcy? Why would you name a house? Here's here's what they say about Pemberley: large, handsome, standing well on rising ground, backed by a ridge of high woody hills, and in front was a swell. Oh, that sounds like That's a, a description yeah. of my father. Oh, oh no. boy. Oh, no. You lost, me at large the swell. you lost me at the swell. And then it also says, uh, towards the end, it says, she felt that to be mistress of Pemberley might be something. If you're going to be mistress of Pemberley, that means you're going to sleep with Pemberley. Oh, she married Darcy and already planned to be the mistress of Pemberley. Wow. Now, who do you think, after the book is over, started to have the most sex? Do you think it was Caroline? I think Lydia. Lydia. Oh, Lydia is... Which one was Caroline? Very young. (laughs) Is she? Who the hell is Caroline? Lydia's too young. Just wait. Wait at least a few years. Mm -hmm. Isn't Lydia... Just read some cookbooks till you're ready, Lydia. Caroline a dog. 
I think this is a useful exercise. Let's maybe go through and quickly uh, establish who all the characters are and then talk about how much sex we think they had by the end of the book. I think Mr. Bingley, Mr. Bongley, I think uh, Mr. Bing Bongley, I think Mm -hmm. he is probably having so much sex, right? He's a special kind of like cheery but stupid that probably has a lot of sex. He's a fuck boy, right? Yeah. He's very rich. He goes and leaves when he wants and baffles the Bennets. They're like, oh, you took off? Mm -hmm. He's a simple but kind rich man who marries the simple but kind uh, Bennett sister, Jane. (laughs) Simple is a bit diminutive. Uh, they're not ignorant people. Uh, they are. Uh, they may be uh, kinder and and less have less guile than some of the other characters. But I think it's uh, a bit rude to refer to them as simple. I agree, Usador. Oh, thank you, Lady Frost. <laughs> look, I, look. I wouldn't say to their face that they're simple. I mean, they're clearly very, very kind, upstanding characters. Some of the kindest characters in the book, mm-hmm. but they're also kind of boring and dumb, and they let people probably let people take advantage of them. Ah. These are the things I would say about them behind their back. But Ooh. but they are not victim to the pride and the prejudice that so plagued the other two and mm. caused them so much heartache and pain. Are they? Mm-hmm. Now are they? Match they, points. Uh, they are only caused to suffer by uh, the cruelty and prejudice of others. Mm. But there are there are problems. But they let other people talk them into their problems, and other people save them from their problems. Oh, okay, that's fair. Touché. That's a fair point. They should have their own uh, own uh, uh, motivations to uh, push them forward without being quite so easily uh, uh, influenced by those around them. But, but this isn't their story, right? This isn't the story of fucking Jane and Bing Bong over here. It's the other people. Yes, it's true. And I think... We can all agree that Jane and Bingley probably ended up having a lot of sex. I came to a realization, which is I think um, Mr. Collins uh, masturbates the most. What's that? I think Mr. Collins masturbates the most. If we're talking about sex is sex, but also I was like, who masturbates the most? Uh, Mr. Collins. He also has a lot of personality. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. I think that Caroline is secretly in love with Who Jane. is Caroline? <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about Mr. Collins and Caroline. Shit. Mr. Collins is the cousin of the Bennett family. Mm-hmm. And due to all kinds of weird, lawful mumbo jumbo, when Mr. Bennett dies, they know that the money in the family isn't going to any of the Bennett sisters. It is Going to Mr. Collins, the cousin. Mr. Camp, what is a mumbo jumbo? Mumbo jumbo! Ooh, that did something. Oh, I got a flower. It's a Cajun dish. Put her down. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. What's up? Oh, you gave it to... Oh, I thought you were going to give it to me. (laughs) Oh, well, normally I would have, Lady Cross, but it's rude to give a flower to someone else in front of another flower. Oh. Mr. Wizard. Give the flower a flower. Mr. Wizard. Yes, I suggest you write Lady Crust a letter. Post haste. I think we can all agree that Collins is definitely jerking it, but not enjoying it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't say he was enjoying it. I just said he masturbates the most. Yeah. Uh, Judge, you've made a good point. I'm going to write a letter while everyone else does book club. 
No one has explained to me who the fuck Caroline is yet. Caroline is the neighbor of the Bennetts. The family that they always, after parties, go and gossip with. I thought that was Charlotte. Yes, Charlotte. Charlotte. That is Charlotte. Caroline. Who is Caroline? Caroline. Caroline is Mr. Bingley's zombie. Wait, that's zombie sister. Oh. Oh. Who does not like Lizzie. So Mm -hmm. Caroline is Miss Bingley. Is not Miss Bingley. Yes, Miss Bingley. And she doesn't like Lizzie, supposedly because she's in love with Mr. Darcy. But I believe that she's in love with Jane. I think Caroline is in love with Jane and try and hates hates Elizabeth because she thinks that it'll be too obvious if she pretends to hate Jane too much. So Caroline is ultimately foiled and this is a lesbian mm. love story. Ooh. Mm. That's very likely. Yeah, I'm into that, but <laughs> Mr. Neekamp. <laughs> Mr. Neekamp. Look, I wouldn't say that to her. I'm just saying that behind her back. I think she'd I'd be like, okay if you were into it. Okay, that's good. Then that's great. Then I like her even more. Also, you keep saying you wouldn't say these things to these people, but I want to remind you, you're saying them to us uh-huh. and to many people listening, tens of people listening to this podcast. But, you know, here's the thing. I Maybe you guys don't understand this. These characters in this book aren't real. They're not Real people. Oh, I don't think that's oh, true. Pem- Pemberley's real. Pember- also, Pemberley? Pemberley's a real man. Uh, also, or... a great name for a dog. Pemberley? Then why did they write a story about them? So that there are things we can find in the characters that uh, to identify with that resonate with us in the way that we see other people in the ways that we see ourselves. Without a single spell. Yeah. Well, well weren't there any characters in the book that spoke that to you? Were, were, there, were there any characters in the book that you're like, no, that's no one, me. No one in the book addressed me directly. Not one of them. But was one of them you? Oh, oh. No, I would have liked the book if I was one of the characters. Usador, think about it. What? Who might you be in the book? Usador. I be in the book? Germ, why don't you take a walk around the room and talk about the book? Usador. Ah, uh, yes, Lady uh, Cross. Oh, they took their mics. Come with me. Okay, yes, we are. Uh, tell me, what are you writing that letter? Oh, uh, well, I became bored with the book club, so I decided to write you a letter. Oh, is it an apology for not giving me the flower? In fact, it is. I, but I didn't want to be rude to flower, and I found myself vexed for I would either have to be rude to you or rude to flower. And since flower is far more likely to stab me in my sleep, I decided to not be rude to her. Oh, so it was out of fear that you behaved. Well, a sense of self-preservation, I would say yes. Oh, well, I don't know if that seems honorable to me, Usador. Oh, well, uh, what do you say to this? Jumbo, jumbo. <gasps> flower for you as well. What a surprise. I forgot that you have powers beyond measure. <laughs> oh, yes, uh... I am very fortunate to have been born into this world to become a champion by the birds and the rain and the fire that did declare that there must be a entity that would protect all the people of Foon. But uh, that does not mean I do not have my own machinations and hopes and dreams. Oh, oh, you do? Well, yes. Well, I mean, uh, someday I, uh, perhaps I would even uh, uh, become married uh, if I would find the right person. Uh, I, I'm somewhat estranged from my uh, former love. And, oh, uh, 
I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, no, no, no. It is, it is fine. Uh, it allows me an opportunity to explore and uh, to meet more people in the world. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a little something on your... Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Arnie, Arnie. Seems like Mr. Please, Wir- it's Mr. Neekamp. Mr. Neekamp, Mr. Neekamp. Yes, Mr. Neekamp. Seems like Chunt. Mr. Wizard is really machinating on Lady Crust. I know, but I don't think Lady Crust is really so much into you, Sidor. I think, what, I think really, we should really warn speak- him away. Look, Mr. Chunt, you're a very good friend of Mr. Wizard, oh, right? Yes, I am. He, he listens to what you have to say and your opinions on things. I think... You should talk him out of being in a relationship with her. Sort of like how Darcy talked uh, Mr. Bingley mm. out of uh, being with Jane. Because she was a lowly Bennett girl. Yeah, well, because the, he thought, well, because the whole family was kind of poor beneath their station. Mm. Yeah, well, they're not really poor. What am I saying that's different from what you're saying? Well, no, they're not really poor so much as they're not, like, insanely rich. You know, their backs are turned. You can say whatever you want about uh, Mr. Wizard and Lady Crow. Well, I fucking hate both of them. Flower. Yeah. What is going on right now? Oh, no, I'm just eating goat horns over here. <laughs> Nobody's looking at me. No one's paying attention to me. And I was like, I'm going to eat. What's up with you, man? I'm pretty good. Honestly, I'm I'm at, like, peak crumb right now, I feel like. Yeah? Doing a lot of self-care. Uh, I've taken up uh, uh, pelting. Pelting things? Making... Animals into pelts. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. The Fingarian? Yes. Uh, sing us a song. What? We're all having such a grand time, and I thought maybe you this might want to... This is a wanna... trick. You're, try... You're trying to get me to sing when I, you know I can't see so that you can put me into a sack and drown me. Uh, you've caught on to my machinations. <laughs> but, but, Crom, wasn't one of the things you enjoyed about the book, wasn't it? fun just to think about the parties where everyone just hung out for a long time and they had almost nothing to amuse themselves with besides walking around, being bored, talking each other into singing. and Those rooms they'd go to draw in. Oh, yeah. you really should sing. I'm sure you have such a beautiful singing voice. Please, Mr. The Fankarian, honor us with a song. Yeah. I will fucking love it. <laughs> okay, I could sing a Fingarian folk song if that would mm. please you. It would. would. I'm a little bear cub. Look at me. He's gonna fuck that. Here are my paws. Here is my tail. When I get a hungry, climb a tree. Oh, I fell. And I'm sad. I was surprised that you did it a cappella. I I was expecting a tiny instrument to come out of that little book of yours. Uh, There's another version of the song where you can underscore it with a series of letting out or putting on airs. (laughs) Ooh, a little wind instrument. Arnie, um, uh, oh, sorry, Mr. Uh, Kneecamp. Yes, Mr. Shunt. Would you mind if maybe we went around the table, starting with you, and Mm -hmm. we all just maybe disclose how much... uh, we stand to inherit per year. Oh, um, I, I guess I don't think I stand to inherit anything. I, think I, I mean, stand not to per year, certainly. Mm. I mean, I, when I on Earth, I worked. You know, I had sort of had to work <laughs> for a living, like a like a commoner. Yeah, I mean that's true. You're certainly not a laborer. No, no. I mean, I worked the type of jobs that a lot of people would be like, "That's not work." But you know what? It's very mentally taxing. And then did you have any properties that uh, paid an allowance? Or 
you received? Uh, no, I mean, I guess I had properties that I paid an allowance to. Mm, yikes. Yeah. yeah. Well, any, you hate one, to hear that. Yeah. Well, so you're a bit of a Bennett. I guess I am a bit of a Bennett. Hmm. And what about you, Chant? How What is your uh, salary per year? Uh, 1200 1200 what? That's not important. Ooh. Mr. Wizard? Well, I have the rental money coming in from my hat every month. Mm. Of course. There are two uh, uh, tiny voles living in there right now. Mm-hmm. They aren't married, and that's fine. Ms. Flower? Yeah, I just uh, exchange mostly services for goods. Just on a need-by-need basis. What, what sort of services? I think you know what I mean. What sort of goods? Uh, you know, just day-to-day life stuff, chlorophyll. Carbon dioxide. Yeah, that kind of shit. Mm. Occasionally a good full-bodied wine, but other than that, you know, just trying to, like, get through it. I do stand to inherit the wind someday, though. Oh, that's lucky. Yeah, it's going to carry me away to my final resting place. Oh, lovely. Arnie tried to do that first time we met, but that wasn't my time. <laughs> I know. I love it when we get together and reminisce about the time I tried to kill you. Thank you, Remy. Uh, Lady Crust. Oh, yes. Thank you for using the proper name. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I do have several acquaintances, close acquaintances, that are ghosts. And they have all scared their relatives into leaving me a little bit of money. So there's a little bit of money uh, just in my drawer, in my top drawer, in my home. And that's all from the ghosts. Ooh. Um, Yes. We got to know your ghosts pretty well. Uh, That was uh, a... Um, uh, what oh, Mr. Wizard you, means is we saw a different timeline. Do you like to call? Do you like to call it Boo Box? Hmm. That's a fun name. Oh, Boo Box. Yeah, like money from ghosts. Boo Box. Uh, yes. What were you talking about? Where you saw my ghosts? Yeah. What? Mm? Uh, Mr. The Fingarian, how much do you stand to inherit? Yeah, you got cash, Crom. Uh, well, I'll try to put this into. The earth terms I picked up in Pride and Prejudice. Uh, I only gain about four or five pounds a year, but Mr. Darcy gains 10,000 pounds per year. Is he a giant? Oh, I get it. Why, he, he must be bigger than Pemberley. He turns into Pemberley. Oh, he turns oh. into Pemberley. That's it. That's what I want. I want a man with a hundred rooms that you can live inside. So really the story is not about a lesbian love affair. It is about... A man who grows far beyond his means. And allows other men to live inside him. Can't it be about both? Mm. Ooh. No. No? All right. (laughs) No, but you know, we're missing the whole point. You know, one of the main things that we haven't talked about is the most important character in the book. Love. Elizabeth Bennet. Elizabeth is a wonderful character. Uh, So smart. So witty. Uh, Well, I I can't help but be uh, enamored with... uh, the way she uh, seems to have no fear in her life. Her verbal sparring with uh, Darcy's aunt is something to behold. Yeah, and she so seems sharp. to have everybody's number. She sort of sees what people are doing and understands mm-hmm. the ways that they're sort of messing up or being jerks. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just appreciate that she made him propose twice. She's a woman trapped in a society where she has very few options and she just has to marry to survive. And yet she goes so far as to turn down 
two marriage proposals immediately. And only later does she then actually do, does accept marriage proposal and then is uh, marries a really rich guy. But, As a mistress to Pemberley. Yeah, but she's still very, very strong. I do think that she was right to, to reject Mr. Darcy because he was not very nice. No, he was not very nice at all. But I, I also think... Had she not met Darcy, she would have held out and found someone that she did care about. And perhaps she wouldn't be as well off as she happens to be with Mr. Darcy, but I I think she would have found the person that was right for her regardless. Well, she didn't like Mr. Darcy the man, but when he turned into the house, I think that's when when her feelings changed. Oh, see, I see. I was missing that part where he turned into the house. So, yes, I think you're right. When he gained 2,000 pounds. Look, 10, 10, Mr. Darcy is a man who's not entirely nice and is uh, kind of looks down on people. And so even though he's the richest man she's ever met, she turns down his proposal. And it is only later when she sees his house and really is able to imagine what a life of being that rich and living in that house would be like. Then she starts to fall in love with mm. Mr. Darcy. Can we all take a moment to close our eyes and just picture Mr. Darcy as a house? Just really imagine, imagine Mr. Darcy gaining 10,000 pounds per right. year, becoming a house. Of course, he has to look down on people. He's a multi-storied house. It's got to be stressful being a house. got to be it, very stressful. Is it like a skin house? That's, that's what I call my flesh. You know, I had my eyes closed, and I opened my eyes, and everyone else's eyes were still open. So I don't know if... <laughs> oh, close your eyes. Just close no, your eyes. Figuratively. Oh. Yeah, I'm not closing my eyes with this group. <laughs> I was just picturing a house, but now I can't stop picturing a skin house. Like, if you think about it, it's like, he's a house. It's not made of normal materials. It's like a skin house stretched Ooh. over was that? bones rearranged. Oh. Camp, was that the working title for this book, Skin House? Is that what Jane Austen... Do we have any knowledge as to what she maybe called it? Was it Skin House? Uh, you know, I Probably actually... Probably Skin House. You know, I actually think I heard somewhere that the original title was First Impressions. Hmm. I read a book called Skin House Rules. <laughs> there was only one rule. Is don't talk about the skin house. That's the whole book. There's a book called Skin House Rules. You open it up, it just says don't talk about the skin house. That's it. It talks about everything There's else. There's one rule. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Just don't talk about skin house. We can talk about anything else. I'm inspired. I feel like when I fall in love, I'll refer the person I'm in love with as my one true skin house. Aww. Aww. That's very sweet, and I'd just like to point out that you also slipped in there that you're not currently in love with someone, although you no. are. You, you do have a date to Chunt's wedding. Uh, Mr. Wizard, do you have, uh-huh. a, do you have a skin house? Uh, do, you, do you currently have uh, someone that you uh, is your little skin house? I, I, don't, I don't know that I do, necessarily. Uh, uh, certainly, I wouldn't need to disclose it in such mixed company. It might not be appropriate for me to speak so out of turn. Sidor? Yes? You seem so nervous. Yes, I am, I suppose, a little bit. Maybe it's the, the voles in my hat. Oh, well, are you looking over here at me, or are you looking at Mr. the Fingarian? Uh, well, um, can I just say that... Um, I'm just getting a little emotional because my wedding's coming up, and I realize that um, Tusador is my skin house, and mm-hmm. after our Ugh. after our vows, um, he's going to be my skin home. 
Oh, that's lovely. That is yeah. beautiful. Except for the skin part. For uh, the character Mr. Collins, how many times a day do you think he paints the skin house? You know what I mean? Oh, he's, he's putting down 14, 15 coats a day. He's checking out plumbing. I also want to say that um, part of the story was, you know, like you said, uh, literally the title used to be First Impressions, which mm-hmm. is you meet someone, you get off on the wrong foot, um, but then over time you get to know them and love them and care about them, so... As the wedding approaches, Arnie, uh, uh, Mr. Neekamp, I do hope that uh, if there's anyone that you've had a bad impression with, uh, first or second or third, that maybe you give them a chance. Maybe you push past your prejudice um, and you get to know them better and get to to know and love them. Chant has figured you out. You are a witty gentleman who sees things very clearly sometimes, but you're prejudiced like Lizzie. Prejudiced against Tusador. You're, You're right. I mean... Lizzie is the smartest, most admirable character probably in Pride and Prejudice, and yet even she Let me rethink this. has the wrong idea about at least a couple characters along the way. She thinks Wickham's a great man, but he's a con artist. She thinks Darcy's a real dick, but he's rich. Well, he also offers to help her family out in a time of need. Yeah. That money comes in pretty handy. He also does prove that he can change. And, you know, I think back then or um, now or however, whenever this takes place. How does time work on Earth? Does it go forwards or backwards? That's a good question. You said this was a long time ago in the past, like 15, 20 years. Look, I could say exactly the year or how many years back it was. It, it's it's you know it's a couple hundred years ago in the past almost the the length of Usador's entire life. Well, I will. I, I just what I meant to point out was that I feel like this this story is about a, a main character, a, a young woman named Lizzie, who's very wonderful, and she sort of settles for someone who is willing to change, but doesn't start out very great. And what I love about Foon is that it's usually the opposite is true. There's a a man who has a lot of power and is very mighty and will settle for someone like me. (laughs) Just little old girl. Someone like you? Wait. Someone like you? Why would someone be settling for someone like you? Oh, I'm just runaway. Well, but you're, you're a lovely uh, young lady. You yes, have your, she's she's a skin house. You have your own retinue of ghosts, and they they give you money every day. That's very <laughs> impressive. You have your, your own line of cosmetics. Uh, I think you're uh, a very uh, commendable mate. Uh, well, Usador, that's so lovely of you. Mr. The Fingarian, uh, what, mm-hmm. what do you think? You have a lot of power and, and might, who are you in love with? Yeah, Dish. Oh, God. I, Spill I, it. Well, I, I I have crushing on someone right now. That's uh, this is much as I'll say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Crushing on someone, you said, right? Yes. Oh, good, good, good. I'm, uh, they're, they're in my prison of my castle. They're being uh, crushed. Oh. See? I, I hate to say it, but that sounds like settling. But, but think about it, Crown. Like, you're powerful ruler in your corner of Foon, and, and just as Pride and Prejudice begins with the line, it is the truth universally acknowledged that a single man, you, Crom, in possession of a good fortune, must be in want of a wife. 
and it doesn't even specify what kind. No. Not even human. No. Could be zombie. Yeah. Very true. Krom, you're king of Fingaria. You, it's sort of your responsibility to marry and probably to marry well. That is, yes, that is my, uh, that is my burden right now because I can't seem to find anyone that I really vibe with. You mm. wait, Krom. You wait until you find the right one. I know you don't settle, don't listen to these assholes trying to push you into picking somebody right now. You wait till you're ready. I'm sorry, this is, I'm triggered. Yeah. I'm I'm just, Flower, are you all right? No. I'm never. Flower, have have you, have you been married? No, I've been married. Been turned down a lot of proposals, (gasps) so. Have you ever been to a wedding? No. This is my first invitation. It was the haphazard one that happened at this book club. No, I... I it, it yeah, wasn't, I'll it check was the a, mail. Yeah, I mean, you're clearly uh, getting uh, some RSVP no, and you're starting to fill up the empty slots, huh? No, I, I mean, no. You're, it's fine, it's fine. It is what it is. That's a very good question, uh, Garam. Have you sent back your uh, uh, RSVP? Well, I'm actually having trouble deciding between the meals because... I know there is a, a lamb option. Yes. And there's also a sea worm option. And the sea worm <laughs> sounds oh, very Oh, sea worm, yes. Oh. Sea worm. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was going to say, that's a typo. <laughs> if there's a sea word option, that's a typo. Oh, no, sea worm. Oh, phew. Which is a delicacy. Oh, yes. Oh, I wish I had sea worm growing up. Oh, if I had had sea worm, I would have been in this book. So I, don't, I don't like to eat sea worm. I don't like the way it smells. So you're trying to uh, finish filling out your uh, uh, card? Yes, but the problem with sea worm at a wedding is if I eat sea worm, then I won't have any energy to dance because mm. I'll be full of sea worm. Well, uh, so far you uh, only have the two dances that I know of uh, with me, and I don't is there someone else you might be uh, dancing with? Um, I'll dance with you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll dance with you, too. Oh. I don't dance. Mr. Neekamp, I wanted to um, check in with you. You read the first sentence of the book. Mm-hmm. right? I have the my copy of the book here that I uh, just grabbed from uh, Lady Crust. Mine goes like this. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of brains. Yeah, you got the... You get the zombie version, I think. There's no zombies in your version. Not one. mine, no. Wait, so did Miss Austin, did she write two different books with similar titles? Oh, that's smart. Twice the boo books. Very true. Well, you know, this is one of the most popular books to ever be written on my world, so I, I guess a lot of people probably wrote versions of the book that are inspired by it. You can do that? Yeah, you can add zombies, you could add... What Snub else can you add? Motorboats? Snub-nosed motorboats? Oh, so out there, there's the great zombie? Here I go. Wait a second. Usador, are you writing, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a snub-nosed, snub-nosed motorboat. Jumbo-jumbo. Oh, Usador, <laughs> would you like to go to the wedding with me? <gasps> what? She just came out and said it. It wasn't like hundreds and hundreds of pages of... Talking around it? 
sending letters? No, I just talking to your neighbors. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't have time. You're a modern woman in this old timey world, Lady Crust. I would be honored to be your uh, plus one to this wedding, and anything you ask of me, I most certainly uh, shall provide. Okay, well, you have to allow me to dance with Mr. Um, Buffingarian. Of course. And Flower doesn't dance. Yes. No, and just to be clear, you're officiating the wedding, right? Yes. You're going to be there anyways? Y- yes. Oh, well, then maybe I don't need to invite. Oh, no, no, oh. I didn't, I didn't no, give him no, an invitation. No. <laughs> Wait, I didn't get an invitation? No, there I... will be an empty seat if you don't bring a date. Oh, then come along with me. Yeah, I don't want to crush his dreams. I just needed to clear that up. Lady Crust, you've made me the happiest wizard heir to walk the land of Foon. I shall gladly be thine plus one. Which heir? <laughs> Where, oh. So yes, your you tornado started spinning. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just got so excited that everything just sort of bubbled up and out. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I will go with you. What a wonderful day. Well, you have to tell me which dietary restriction you prefer. Oh, I Lamb want... only or sea worm only. I want the sea worm. Trust me. Can we just talk real quick about Lydia and Wickham? Oh, yeah. They are, they are definitely having the most sex. Oh, yeah. But also, like, the most ill-advised situation, and oh. they just, like, want to make it legit, but they shouldn't be together, right? But then, like, it's like it's more important that they be married in the eyes of everybody else. Why are they living together without being married? Yeah, the, no. it was like the way they solved the problem was by getting married instead of, like I said before, cutting Wickham in half. Do people... Is that how you solve problems on Earth? Do you just... Get married? Get married? Does that solve anything? I mean, short term. Look, you know what? I think one of the interesting things about Pride and Prejudice is that it's a portrait of the different reasons people get married and the different kind of marriages you can have and Lizzie's pretty judgy of most of the other weddings but I guess if I think about it most of the married people seem pretty happy in the book I mean all the rich ones yeah all the rich couples are happy Jane marries Bingley and they're pretty happy and Charlotte, the neighbor, marries Collins. Collins, who just seems like a total doof. They're not happy. But then when Lizzie goes and visits her, she's expecting Charlotte to be embarrassed and sad, but she's kind of okay. And then everyone's scandalized that Lydia runs off impetuously with this man. She still seems pretty happy after she gets married, even though, yes, her husband does extort the entire family for money. Right. We haven't even considered the fact that there could be a reality outside of the characters in this book. Perhaps you don't have to be a Darcy, or a Bingley, or a Wickham. You could be a Flemingham. You could be a Fontina. I just made that up, too. What if I hook up with a house? I could be a Pemberley. I've got to say, if I've ever known anyone that's capable of fucking a house, it's you. Which part would you fuck? Chimney. You've, yeah, you knew immediately. Oh, this is I've Chimney played this party game. I've played this party game. Which like, part of a house would you fuck, Mister the Fingarian? Which part? Uh, I gotta go trash can. <laughs> I always say bathroom. Cleanup grout. is very easy afterwards. What did you say, Flower? Flowers. I said bathroom grout because usually there's a lot of cock. <laughs> oh, I love talking about literature. <laughs> I I'm having trouble. 
I think maybe it would be fun to ride the ceiling fan. I think I... Everyone's missing the obvious one. Doorknob. What? I think the doorknob would fuck you. How is that an obvious one? It's doorknob. You mean the lock? The The keyhole? No. The doorknob. Our dicks work differently. (laughs) Our dicks are shaped and work differently, my friend. I might have to watch this. (laughs) I'm not sure... What part of a house I would fuck. But as a homeowner, I'm very worried about being fucked by having a basement. But that gets back to my earlier point. Why is everyone on Earth so obsessed with what other people are doing and how they're doing it? Because that's what life is all about. Like, actually, I, I underlined this in my book near the end. Mr. Bennett, Mr. Bennett said, for what do we live but to make sport of our neighbors and laugh at them in our turn? Some like something a white man would say. Wait, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> for what do we live but to make sport for our neighbors and laugh at them in our turn? Is that is that saying like you're laughing at other people, or is it saying like you're the idiot and everybody's laughing at you? Both. It's just saying we look at other people and we laugh at them, but we also know at the same time that like we're giving them fodder to be amused about. The grass is always dumber on the other side. Exactly. So mm. it's like everyone's like this at the end. <laughs> well, I don't know that I do anything that people would laugh at. Fuck a doorknob. You said, or what are you for? But for other people to make sport of you. Oh, how dare you! I am one of the greatest champions ever to walk astride the land of Foon. And I shall not rest until evil is vanquished. I shall defeat the Void and the Dark Lord with the help of Carnival Wilson and with Chunt and with Arnie and with the Lady Crust and with the King of the Fingarians, Crom. And Yane Flower will play some small part in my quest to destroy evil. Hilarious. What? Everyone's laughing at me. Well, I'm sorry. Normally we would laugh at you behind your back. It's just that you're facing us. Do you see where that's the problem? Does that make sense? You're facing us? Guys, you know what? I feel like we're almost out of wine. But I ate the last butternut crumble. Yeah. And I dropped the last goat horn. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. But you know what? I have to say, I. Really enjoyed the book, Pride and Prejudice. I'd never read any Jane Austen before, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was fantastic, and world's better than The Great Gatsby. Well, I also like The Great Gatsby, but I know I was probably the only one. I liked it very much. I really think Lizzie is a wonderful lead character, and I appreciated how plucky she was, and smart, and tenacious, and I I found myself... uh, admiring her and I just wish there were more spells and that this book explained what snub nose motorboats were. I'm just glad I know who Caroline is. <laughs> That's genuinely all I needed to know. I really did appreciate that it points out that people are willing to change and they will change and also that you can fall in love because I haven't been really thinking too hard about falling in love but tonight I'm thinking about falling in love. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciated that it had a happy ending for everyone. You can either marry your love, turn into a house, or, uh, neither of those things work out. You can always be the character that masturbates the most. Win, win, win. You know, I I didn't even think about this, but kind of everybody turns out okay. 
more or less. I mean, they don't necessarily end up in the happiest marriage, but even the total con artist ends up being married and having his debts paid off. Yeah. Everyone makes out all right except for Mary. Except for Mary. Yeah. And Kitty to some degree. Yeah. It's funny if everybody's getting married, but nobody's going to marry Mary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, Mary, Mary. (laughs) Do you think Mary introduces herself to people and says, hello, I'm Mary. And people go, you're married? And then she goes, no. Yeah. I suspect that does happen from time to time. I think if you have that many children, at some point you just have no choice but to be really explicit about which one you don't like. (laughs) Well, that's the moral of the story. If you have kids, let the one you love the least know. Yeah. I miss phone. What's phone? Oh, I spent a week on Earth raising Arnie's child. Oh. I didn't know her real name, so we just decided to call her phone. Wow. I didn't know you could be a father. Usador, this is a lot of information to just lay on her. You should write it in a letter. Uh, pardon me, everyone. I'm going to be writing a letter. And don't forget to tell her about how you trained uh, a bunch of medieval times knights in your backyard. Nothing's more fun than being at a party where everybody's writing letters. <laughs> If you're a fan of supernatural detective podcasts, you may want to see if this week they're covering the ghost of Jane Austen hitting herself on the head with a frying pan until she throws up, moaning, Mr. Collins is not someone who jerks it. Use It All the Wizard was shouted by Matt Young. Chunt the Talking Badger was argued by Adel Refai. Crom the Fingarian was played by special guest Mark Logsdon. Mark performs in The Fishbowl, Thursday nights at Chicago's Annoyance Theater. Flower the Talking Flower was played by special guest Brooke Bright. Germ Crust the Makeup Artist was played by special guest Mary Tilden. Hello from the Magic Tavern is produced by Arnie Niekamp, Evan Jakover, and Ryan DeGiorgi. This one edited by Ryan DeGiorgi. Music by Andy Poland. Logo by Allard Laban. Additional audio effects by Jason Knox. Production assistance by Garrett Schultz. Want to get some Magic Tavern shirts or pins or posters or whatever? Visit HelloFromTheMagicTavern.com for links to all of it. Visit us at HelloFromTheMagicTavern.com for any other reason or on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks to the Chicago Podcast Co-op and Earwolf. All right, you made it all the way through our little pantomime. You've earned yourself an episode of Critical Role. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.